Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Nationals Podcast. On today's show, Max Raymond from District On Jack On Deck joins us. Today's show, my friends, is brought to you all by Sports Card Investor. We're going to talk about Nationals pitching and the last couple games they had in the Atlanta Braves series. It kind of all ties together. We'll talk about that coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us, it is Max Raymond. Max, how are you? I'm all right, man. It's been a while, so uh, thanks for having me back. Always, always. Uh, things are not going well for the Washington Nationals right now. And the way we always start things off is we check the standings, see where the Nationals are. Let everybody know, kind of give the update. The Nationals are 23-42. and 42. They're 18 and a half games out of first place, 14 and a half back of the Braves. They are now 10 back of the Phillies, seven back of the Marlins. They're 11 and 22 at home. They're 12 and 20 on the road. They have a minus 102 run differential. They have joined the club of only one other team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, having a run differential that is uh, 100 or worse. And they have the worst run differential in the league at minus 102. Uh, so they're, they're in that company. They've lost four straight games. They are three and seven in their last 10. Um, really Max, this, all of this starts for me with like the state of the nationals pitching. I think that's where I look first. Um, you know, this rotation right now consists of Patrick Corbin, who is not pitching well at all. Eric Fetty, who is inconsistent. Josiah Gray, who's good at times, but I mean, like, I think inconsistent is a fair way to describe him. And then a duo of Paulo Espino plus Evan Lee, I guess, kind of, sort of, right, as a starter. Mm-hmm. And now Jackson Tetrio, Tetrio, I'm not sure how, how I'm pronouncing it now, um, who is now the fifth guy. Like, it's, is disaster the right word? Is it as disaster or is it just, like, really bad? Like, I don't really know what the right way to describe it is. Um, when the, right before the season started, you had me on and we discussed pitching options. And it really looks like Rizzo and company did not listen to us because we said they should take some flyers on some veteran guys. We said guys like Tyler Anderson, who almost had a no-hitter last night. Granted, that's probably due to the Dodgers, Dodgers black magic. We said guys like that, guys that they should take a flyer on, eat innings. And they don't have anyone eating innings. And their bullpen started really high. Now their bullpen's been bad, leading to some of these bad games. Um, so I don't think disaster is the right word. I think catastrophe is what we're going to call it because it's just – it's not fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, Josiah Gray's inconsistent, but he he's different. His growing pains um, yeah. because he's such a touted guy, the future of your rotation. But – did are you surprised that Patrick Corbin is bottom five in ERA again? Um, because I am. I'm like I'm not shocked because here's the thing: is he's been really bad the last two years, and I was actually talking about this the other day. Like, find the stretch from him recently where you're like, okay, you know, he's got it rolling again. 
there was a stretch. And here's the thing. It wasn't even like three games. It was like a 15 inning stretch. You know, like you just go, I mean, I know box score hunting is not always the best way to do this, but like you go and look at the box scores and you go look at how many earned runs, the best stretch he had, he gave up five earned runs in a span of 19 innings, which is pretty good between three games. And then after that, it was five, five, three, seven. So 20 runs in his next four starts that he gave up. Like there are, I feel like I see this all the time on Twitter too. There are stretches where you'll see somebody say, oh, Corbin Yotes, it's a good start. And then it's like, he comes out for the sixth, which you're paying him to. He needs to, he needs to be able to go out there and pitch, you know, six, seven innings. And it's like, up oh, two run Homer, you know, up three, you know, uh, usually it's home runs too. That's the thing is like, he's, he's not finishing starts very well. It feels like he, he doesn't start great and he's not finishing great. And there's some decent in between. That's kind of my read on it for his problems. So I'm, I'm not surprised because this was a problem for him last year, Max. So part, something that I noticed, um, his best stretch actually came when they switched Ruiz off him and gave him Riley Adams. Mm. And then those three bad starts that is when they gave him back to Ruiz. And he showed this with, um, Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki. Everyone was catching to Suzuki because they wanted his bat in the lineup. He was solely catching Gomes and he had a lot of success. Uh, he's the type of pitcher that, if he doesn't have a specific catcher with him, he struggled. Grand last year, you can't really make that as an excuse because he struggled with everyone. But this year, I mean, it was a 19-inning sample, very, very small sample size. But I'll take that. You should, they should have kept rolling with Adams as a catcher if he's showing some type of uh, some type of promise. And then he went back to just being a disaster. And then in his last start where he gave up the first inning home run, um, he was catching Adams, and then he did very well. And then, as you said, he just fell off a cliff in the sixth. Yeah, and, and you know what's really funny is like they actually the Nats have actually won the last th- three of the last four starts where he's been pitching, but mm-hmm. you know they haven't been particularly um, like I thought the Rocky start was pretty good. Uh, the Mets start was a disaster. They got they got murdered in that game, and he gave up twelve hits and four and a third. The Red start was fine, six you know three runs over six. Like like that's kind of what he needs to be right, and that's kind of like a platform and like six you know. Three runs over the course of six innings off nine hits. We know he's going to give up a lot of hits. It's kind of his thing, right? You know, he, guys mm-hmm. are on base uh, against Patrick Corbin. Like, and also most of that Milwaukee start looked pretty good too, but then, you know, falls apart in the end. Yes. Like yep. the rem, the, the, I guess I only say remnants. The, the, the quality of which is a foundation is there, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the punctuation at the end of the start. Get me through that sixth strong. Get me into that seventh looking strong. We got a couple guys on base here. That's fine. Don't give up those ding dongs that are making me say up oh, quick hook. We got to get you out. Make me say, all right, this is a good spot to get you out of the game, right? Good situation to take you out of the game. You've done your job. We're fine. Taking you out of the game. You're not like, we got to yank you. I mean, another problem is, is K through nine, right? On, on in his career, his career average K for nine is eight point six. Last year seven point five. This year seven point five. Twenty nineteen with the Nats, he had a ten point six. The year mm. before that, he had eleven point one. He's not striking guys out anymore. Guys aren't fooled by his. So he always likes to use his fastball to side up the slider. And in the past, it worked. People are just teeing off on the fastball, and because he right. can't set up the slider with the fastball, he's not getting the K's. He's not getting the chases out of the zone. They're just waiting for that pitch. Yeah, I mean, this this is something you and I have talked about this uh, a pretty good amount too. But like, I usually go, I, I like to go on baseball savant, especially with him. Mm-hmm. 
and look at the numbers on this. And it's so it's very blue. Not good. It's not good. Um, the sinker teams are hitting 318. So, you know, the, out of the variety of fastballs, he's got, he's got the, two, the four seamer, the two seamer, or the four seamer, excuse me, the sinker, mm-hmm. right? Four seamer teams are hitting 367. All right. Sinker teams are hitting, uh, or 367. Um, sinker teams are hitting 318. All right. Expected batting average against sinker is 342. Expected batting average against on the four seam fastball is 338. The slider is okay. It's an expected batting average of 232. So, like, that's a pretty good pitch, but even teams are having success against that. I mean, they're hitting 264 off that pitch. Go back to 2021, even though he had a rough season, teams were only hitting 211 off the slider. You're totally right. It, you know, that slider's still a good pitch. It's just that fastball is not as effective. He's And to me, he's down and counts a lot. He's really not in mm-hmm. positions where, you know, uh, guys aren't as afraid of that pitch or, or you know, guys aren't really, uh, their approaches against him. I mean, they're pretty confident going up against him right now. I, I will say, Max, I will say the one thing we have to give him credit for, and we can't say this about everybody else, he is out there every five days. It's just he's not, you know, not great every five days. It's funny. The only other guy that's out there every five days next to him is the complete opposite. He's always behind in accounts. Eric yeah. Fetty is always ahead in accounts, but he just can't put people away. Yeah. He has we just so didn't one, two, oh, two, and then he just nibbles. I'm like, bro, you have them. And yeah. then you walk like six guys. Yeah, he. Let's talk about Eric Fetty because you know he had. I actually did a. I did a video the other. Uh, you know, probably I guess now close to a month ago, and the the premise of the video was Eric Fetty is now the Nationals' best pitcher. Well, that's kind of gone by the wayside, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that that was um, that was a thing. It is now yep. not a thing anymore. Uh, his, you know, his month of, of the, th- the three starts is made in, in the month of July or the month of June, excuse me, five, seven, four ERA, but things weren't going great for him at the end, uh, excuse me, of May. He had the inning and a third where it was eight hits, six earned runs against the Mets. And that's kind of where things really, you know, really got going. I mean, in his last four starts, he's given up. Uh, let's see, a combined 16 earned runs and he's pitched around 15 to 16 innings. So, you know, the returns recently have not been very good, but like he is what he is. He is a fifth guy in the rotation. The problem is he's like one of the best three guys they have now. The problem with Fetty, in my opinion, is he showed it last year. He has the ability to K guys. He just can't put it together and i don't know why he has as i said earlier so many times he's ahead in the count and then so many times you see it's full count and he's walked um he would be a very reliable fifth starter if he could just be not even strike him out just like get the pitch the ground out or fly out whatnot i don't know if he needs to develop another pitch if that's the case or someone needs to tell him to stop nibbling but i mean yeah i agree with you he's top three pitcher in the rotation is a 4.88 ERA, so that's very scary to say that he's a top three pitcher in the rotation. Um, <laughs> he's probably their second best pitcher besides Josiah Gray. I'll die on that hill. I don't care if Josiah has like a 10 ERA. That dude strikes people out. Yeah, he, he's aggressive. He's yeah, I mean he's Max Scherzer light, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, even I mean even when he messes up, it's like it's it's explosive, right? It's mm-hmm. explosive. I will say the the pitch that's been best for Eric Fetty so far this year, Cutter's been really good. Yep. Uh, Cutter has been an awesome pitch for him. Um, this year, but you know, I think maybe it is a situation where, 
Um, I don't know if he's got confidence in his stuff. That's why we call him a nibbler, right? That's why he is a nibbler. So maybe he doesn't even think he has the best stuff. And, and, you know, I think, I think ultimately like he is destined to be a long reliever and maybe for a, you know, a playoff team that needs a guy to make a start, uh, you know, kind of almost like they, you know, the, the nationals needed um, Joe Ross, make that start of the world series. Like, I think that's kind of where he tops out at least right now. Here's the crazy thing, Max, you know, in, He's thrown 390 innings in the big leagues. He's approaching the 400 inning mark. This guy's been around for a while. And so, yeah, it's like he's a starting pitcher. He, he is a he is a starting caliber pitcher in the major leagues. He is. Yes. It's just like, all right, I need you to – can you top out? And maybe this, is, maybe this is him topping out, but I think he's got a little bit more to give. I think he can be a bit more solid. The good thing with Fetty is he actually eats innings. I um... – yeah. Last night, his yeah. pitch count was such an issue against the Braves. So I was like, all right, he's just going to go five innings, and our bullpen is going to get taxed again. That's cool. And then he went out for the sixth. Did he finish the sixth? Uh, last night, I do not believe that he did. Five and a third, yeah. Okay, because I saw him out there. and I was 111 like, pitches. 111 pitches. Mm-hmm. So. But that's my point. Like he, He'll give it everything he has. And is this a – is Eric Fetty not being able to live up to his potential? Is this a him thing or is this the Nats developmental team? Because I feel like if he goes to a better team, they will find a way to get him to put those guys out and he'll be what everyone thought he could be. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Cause I mean, that's a guy that we've mentioned potentially on the trade block, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. been somebody that we've, that we've talked about quick word from our sponsors here today. Today's locked on nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at sports investor cards welcome to the world of sports cards reimagine the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource quickly check the value of your favorite cards find great deals and profit from the hobby you love available completely free in the google play and app stores sports card investor app is a must-have for baseball fans today it's completely free to use you can browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week Check the latest values of your favorite cards, seven-day and 30-day charts. Find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature as well. Download the Sports Investor Card app today, available free in the Google Play and Apple stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. All right, so, you know, the the, um, the guy we got to mention from the Braves games, Jackson Tetriot, who people have been excited about, you know, well, I mean yeah. – like excited in the sense of like, oh, this guy we didn't really have him on the radar, right? And he and he did really well in AAA. I I hated that spot for him. I thought that I mean they had to have him come up and make the start, right? He had to. They they had to have a guy come make a start for him. The bullpen was you know in tatters at that point, and they had to have a guy come make a start. And I was just thinking to myself, Max, man, this is the worst possible team to make a start against because outs against the Braves lineup right now are extremely hard to come by. I mean, yeah, their nine hitter Harris hit like two or three homers and he first career homers. uh, Yeah. First career homers. And if you got that guy doing that, dude, I don't get it because they kept Ronald Cunha jr. In check and still gave up what felt like a hundred (laughs) runs. That was was interesting. Wasn't it? It It was like, it was awful. He had a leadoff hit to start the series and then went hitless the rest of the series. And then it was guys like Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, just taking turns in moonshots. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a very tough situation for him. But I bet if you ask him, he wasn't upset about it. He was just happy to make his MLB debut. But he proved something that was a little worrisome. In his 12 starts before in this year in triple A, he had a four one two ERA. And he pitched like a guy that had a four ERA triple A and he wasn't ready yet. And the Braves smelled blood and they took advantage. Yeah, and the difficult thing for him is, you know, it's not going to be much easier. Next start he's no. going to make is going to be against the Phillies. Um, that is a ch- – and look, I, I, you know, I am very cautious to say we should give this kid an honest assessment right now. Like, this is a really difficult situation. Oh. I, I would be much more apt to say, like, Ev- Evan Lee deserves a more uh, honest assessment. Obviously, he's getting his footing in. He's, you know, he's actually positioned now as kind of almost a reliever. Um, you know, kind of, you know, piggybacking now off Paulo Espino. So I'm, I'm more apt to kind of, okay, evaluate him a bit more, but both guys are making really impossible situations because of something that, you know, we have mentioned yet and everybody's talking about Steven Strasburg, right? Um, I guess we, I guess we got good news with it being a rib injury, right? But you know, you're 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 glad it's not an arm thing. I think that's number one. Like we have to be glad it's not an arm thing. But it was getting a point where you know I think the first thing that popped in a lot of people's minds and look, we might not be here. We might come back and be great. Um, the first thing that popped in our minds, we heard injury again was I, I mean for me it was retirement. Like how many more times can a guy go through this before he just becomes mentally exhausted by this entire process? So you know I, I think this is good news, but man. Do you feel bad for the guy and you feel bad for Nats fans? I mean, I agree too. I was texting some buddies right as it happened, and I literally said uh, Steven Strasburg is going to have a very serious uh, conversation with himself and his family about retirement. And I had a few buddies who aren't Nats fans. They just said, no, he's owed $35 million a year for the next five years. Why would he give that up? I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you guys because I realize you are so hell-bent on this. The money doesn't become an issue at a certain point when you re- – is, is it really worth making $35 million a year? He's already made 200 plus in his career. Is it really right. worth banking on this type of money when you're just rehabbing and rehabbing and rehabbing and then spending all this time in the minors just to throw 10 innings, just to do it all over again? Is that really worth $35 million a year? And if the answer is yes, then all right, so be it. We'll, unfortunately, he'll probably keep doing it. Um, He's already made so much money. I would hope the money's not an issue anymore, and he would take a serious, a serious look in the mirror. But knowing him, he's such a competitor. He wants to prove everyone. He wants. He's like Aaron Bar- Aaron Barrett. He's like doing that where he's like, I know I can make it back. I don't care how many years it's been. Um, yeah, it's a rib issue. It is alarming though because they said it was caused from the from surgery, right? Yeah, from last year's surgery. So even if it's a different body part, it's not good that last year's surgery is re-aggravated, just a different area. Um takes had a tweet. He tweeted out part of an article. I don't know where he got the article from, but they were talking about the type of rib injury he said, and they said it could be up to three months from the article. For people that deal with that, they weren't saying for him specifically. They said the people that deal with that type of rib, like injury or problem, or like sideline for that up to that long. So, right. And because Martin, you know, it, it yeah. reminds me of, of of Andrew Luck. Like mm-hmm. Andrew Luck is a pretty good comp, right? Guy who battled injuries, and in 2018 just got tired of it. And that's after he won Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. He's like, you know what, man, I'm tired. And 
we really haven't heard from Andrew Luck, which I assume means he's very much happy. I think you're right. Like, if he wanted to pack it in and call it a day, he's got plenty of money. He and his family are set for the rest of their lives, and the next generation probably is set as well. And it becomes like a, it almost becomes a quality of life thing. Now, we don't know the guy personally, we've got no, no. clue. But, like, you know, he's going to pitch again. But how much can one guy take? It's got to be mentally exhausting. Andrew Luck's a perfect um, comp because there's so much more like than just the injury. One number one overall picks, super touted at their respective position. Andrew Luck was one of the most hyped quarterback prospects in a long time. Strasburg, one of the mm-hmm. most hyped pitching prospects of all time. And had some success, too. Yeah, both had very a lot of success when healthy. Cannot say healthy was the issue. And now they're both dealing with the injuries. Martinez did say he expects Strasburg to pitch again this year, but I know right. he's supposed to say that. Um, I'm hoping he pitches again this year. I would like to see him put this behind him, but I agree with you. He really does need to look in the mirror. Like If he has a setback from this one, say this blows out and is worse than they're letting on, and he undergoes season-ending surgery for third straight year, he needs to have that conversation. I mean, if it's three months, his season's over, right? I mean, right now we are in June. Three months puts you July, August, September 16th and at September 16th, you know, that might be before he's allowed to throw again or whatever it is. So, you know, if this is, and we, once again, we don't know for sure. He's in the 15, 15 day IL, I believe. So they yeah. want to make sure they can get the assessment and that they need to and see where he is. But you know, I believe he's heading out to Los Angeles where maybe he already has to get a doctor to look at it and give, you know, his opinions on what what's going to happen. But like, I think the big question here is, um, you know, like, are we going to see him? Sure. Dave Martinez can say he'll pitch again. Are we going to see him in 22, 2022 again? I think it's a legit question. So I just found the snippet that one pursuit takes tweeted out. It was a clip from an article from April, 2022. Unfortunately, there's no way to know for certain when the injury will be fully recovered, but most rib stress fractures will heal within three months. Although some may up take up to six or even longer, if athletes don't allow the ribs to adequately rest, mm. so it's oh. different. So it's, it's a resting. In, so it's a resting yeah. injury where he has to sit and do nothing, and which is going to be driving him yeah. absolutely up a freaking wall. We're, we're hoping everything turns out. Mm-hmm. Turns. I'm out hoping well. he's back. Yeah, we, we got. I mean, besides hope, what else do we have? You know, we, what else do we have at this point on that? Uh, one more quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you all by LinkedIn. As the sun comes out, uh, small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by... Built Bar. Go to built.com today. You can try their new Mud Pie uh, Built Bars. I had them today. They are delicious. Built.com, eh? Built.com, promo code LOCK15. They are 100% covered in chocolate. They are healthy and tasty. 
Uh, go believe that. 15, uh, 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar, 16 grams of protein. Once again, built.com today, built.com, promo code locked15. Uh, yeah, Max. So, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of where, like, I hate to have a, ne- a negativity conversation. I will say, but, you know, to kind of end this on a positive note, Josiah Gray, like, has been bouncing back pretty well. The teaching moments have been just teaching moments, mm-hmm. and we've seen him recover pretty well, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, he had, what, a nine strikeout game a few uh, started two ago, which was yeah. fun to watch. His, I mean, the biggest, um, not issue, it was just the biggest thing that he had to work on after last year was his secondary pitches. Um, and the secondary pitchers look crisp. They look clean. He's been able to locate them. And another thing was last year, whenever he made a mistake, it derailed the rest of the inning. This year, he gives up a mistake, and he goes straight back. So his mindset is in a lot better place, which is what you need from a guy you're banking the future rotation on. Um, but another bright spot, as you and I were talking before the show, would be our boy Luis Garcia. That dude hit a bomb last night and had such a sweet bat drop. That was hype. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been great to see him do well. And on Josiah Gray, like his overall numbers, I don't think end up being really good because he's going to have a bunch of, no. a bunch of complete, like dis- not disastrous starts, but like yeah, ones but- where, you know, you, like, yeah, things didn't go well. It's just a matter of how many good starts are you going to pile together for me? I- I'll say this, his last three starts have been awesome. Five innings uh, where it was just one run, six innings, one run, and then five innings, no runs, six Ks in his last two starts, 15 strikeouts combined, 11 innings, four walks. And so we're seeing him learning on the job, uh, you know, and, and that's what we're talking about here. That, that's that improvement's huge. He, people see the stats. They see his ERA in the fours. They see his FIP, which is feeling in the pitching, which is above. And they're like, oh, he gives up a lot of homers, but he passes the eye test, man. Yeah. Like he looks good. And sometimes the eye test is more important than the stats for a young guy. They're like, yeah, his stats are bloated because he had a bad uh, outing where he gave up four homers. So, of course, his fielding independent independent pitching is going to blow up. Of course, his ERA is going to blow up. But he looks good. His curveball is filthy. His fastball was up in the 90s. His stuff is looking excellent. He passes the eye test. And ask yourself where he's going to be in five years. He'll be 29. He won't even be 30 yet in five five years. So everything's all good at this point in time. All right, Max, appreciate you joining us today. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Check us out at uh, Dish It On Deck. Check me out at Maximum Raymond on Twitter. Talk all DC sports, including especially the Nats. Once again, bro, thank you for having me back. Always, man. It's always a pleasure. All right, Max Raymond, District On Deck, folks.